Hello and welcome to this week's Property Matters, the show that brings global trends to an Irish audience to shape, help shape your knowledge of the industry. You can contact us on Twitter at iPropertyRadio or by email at hello at iPropertyRadio.com. Your hosts today are myself, Brian Fox and Emma Hayes. Thanks, Brian. One interesting news headline this week was, according to a piece in the Irish Times on the weekend, Chris Jones asked, could Irish mortgage interest rates go negative? He wrote that a Danish bank has structured a 10-year mortgage product that carries a negative rate of interest. Apparently, 20-year mortgages can be had in Denmark for zero interest costs. In another news headline, there has been a significant drop in the number of people saving for a mortgage deposit. According to a piece in the Irish Examiner, a opinion poll published two days ago found that the number of people saving for a mortgage deposit it dropped from 22% in August last year to 10% now. And yesterday, another piece in the Irish Examiner reported how building and construction growth has slowed to six-year low. Construction activity grew at its weakest pace in nearly six years last month, the latest survey of the sector shows. There still hasn't been an extension announced for the mortgage help to help to buy to help to help to buy scheme. And RT reported that the Banking and Payments Federation Ireland has called on the government to extend the help to buy mortgage scheme beyond the end of the year. And finally, Dublin's planned Metroline, which will run from from cities north to the south side, is looking a step closer today. As reports are saying that the Transport Infrastructure Ireland is advertising a contract for a concept architect to work on the Metro Link project. The Irish Examiner reports that building is expected to begin in 2021 and it's hope, it is hoped the first passengers will be on board in 2027. Well, okay. Great, Brian. Done, yeah. Thanks very much. That was a great uh, recap of the property news of the past week. Um, first up in studio with us today is David Byrne, Director at Lisney Estate Agents. You're very welcome in the studio with us today, um, David. I'm actually Thank delighted to have you in here because uh, I was looking at Lisney's Thank earlier you. and I see they're 80 years in business, which is some feat. We feet. are 80 years <laughs> yeah. in business. We've been around for a few property yeah. cycles, all right. Yeah. Mm. So. yeah. Uh, and uh, most recently here in Dundrum itself. So yeah. uh, we're spread across Dublin and Cork. Yeah. You've been in the office now in Dundrum Village? Yeah. We, well, we're actually in Dundrum Village now, and, uh, yeah, coming up on five years, in fact. So um, we have five branch offices acro- across Dublin and an office in Cork. Right. So it's na- nationwide? Nationwide, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah no, indeed. Uh, and I mean, you have been in business a long time, haven't you? I mean... We have. Certainly 10, 10, 10, how many years? I was going to say 10 score. <laughs> <laughs> well, the firm has been in business over over 85 years. I thought so. Uh, wow. Which thought is, so. Yeah, I guess, yeah, in some yeah. respects, quite a remarkable achievement, given the, the highs and lows of the property market and the economy generally over that time. Even at, even at that time, never mind the time now. Oh, you know? absolutely. Yeah, quite, quite categorically. So, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. We have... Uh, a benefit of that is the incredible research that we have holding data going back that far into I, the, I was going to actually the, come to that the, yeah, uh, yeah, the property yeah. market and I guess not that many firms have uh, research going back that far so. and where did you originally start was it Dublin we originally started in Dublin yeah on St. Stephen well on Kildare Street and then on St. Stephen's Green uh, and it was uh, primarily a commercial firm at the time, oh, really? um, yeah, and yeah. initially, and then developed into a, a commercial and residential, and residential. Uh, firm. So it's now a multidisciplinary firm. It was your grandfather, I take it, then? Was it your father? No. Oh, sorry, excuse me. <laughs> not your <laughs> grandfather. You were the director. Excuse me. It was. Uh, well, it's, it's not. It's obviously not family owned anymore, is it? It's, it's not family owned. Right. No, it's uh, it's privately owned right. by a group of directors, as group it were. So yeah, yeah. Yes, no, no okay. it's not my own family business. Yes. I, I wish it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Be true. Um, I saw there that it's the largest Irish-owned full-service 
property service company. That's right. Yes, it is. which I, like, like, that's incredible. Um, so you have a great reputation of providing these services over the years. We have a, a very strong reputation, I'm, yeah. I'm you know, pr- proud to say. I mean, I guess it's something that we uh, take pride in and yeah. are very careful to maintain. And then that's, I guess, sometimes a challenge in, uh, in, in property and in business generally. But our, our reputation is absolutely to the fore in, in the minds of what we're doing in Lisney. Uh, we, we almost feel we have a responsibility, having a firm that's 85 years old, yeah. to maintain the ethos and, and drive the, the firm forward. Uh, yeah. with that same ethos. So. Yeah, yeah, no, it's incredible. Um, I wanted to ask you about the macro prudential rules um, about the central bank uh, for mortgage lending. Mm. just want to know, tell us more about it because our listeners, I would imagine, don't know a huge amount about it. So I thought it could be something that you could touch on. Yes, of course. Of to, to, yeah. to explain so it to our listeners. In in February 2015, the central bank introduced macro, macro prudential uh, rules around mortgage lending. And they were initially introduced, or they were introduced, should I say, to enhance the resilience of the borrower and the banking sector. So the, the intention wasn't to particularly meddle with the, the residential market. Um, but essentially what it did was it restricted uh, a, borrow, a borrower's capacity to borrow a certain amount when purchasing a property to essentially three and a half times your income. Now, there are exemptions uh, above that in terms of being able to borrow a little bit more, yeah. uh, different exemptions for first-time buyers versus second-hand buyers and indeed mm-hmm. investors. Um, but it's loan to value and loan to income, which they were primarily interested in. Yeah. Um, and, it, and essentially, it was actually quite a sensible move on behalf of the central bank at the time. Uh, property prices had been escalating uh, quite exponentially in uh, double-digit growth for, for some time. And I guess there needed to be some kind of sense check brought into... Some control, yeah. Some control, mm. yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. So that's mm. um, and how do you view it now, David? I mean, I guess I view it favourably in the same way that I think it's an important control to have. I mean, what we don't have now is a credit fueled property market, which is what we had uh, and we all know about in in the last crash. Mm. Um, They are reviewed um, every now and again. So the last review was 2018. Uh, and I guess it's just to ensure that the uh, the metrics are, are correct. Um, but essentially it is, and it has anchored property prices uh, or certainly aligned it more towards affordability, which is, is where we need to be. So yeah. property price growth has probably, sorry, has, has gone from double digit growth in mm. 2014, 2015 to in the last year, probably modest growth of, you know, one, one and a half percent. Um, but isn't it true now? I mean that that many young folk now that have that there's not a chance of them owning a home at this point in time, with the salaries they're on and, and with the indications at the moment the way the economy is going as well and 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 also this nervousness over Brexit as well. Yeah, I think there's an awful lot of factors in play at the moment. I mean, if you think about the macroprudential rules for a moment and you think about uh, a three and a half times combined. Uh, salaries and say there's two people in a house earning the average salary of, of 50,000 mm. you know that's 350,000 I mean it's it's kind of almost alarming to say that in South Dublin you know that doesn't provide you with a huge v- variety of, of housing mm. so certainly something needed to be done 
to temper the the, the price of houses, yeah. um, and 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 that has it, that that is having an effect. I suppose the other side of the, is of that is that supply needed to increase, and of course that's a gradual fix, mm. as it were, mm. uh, and supply has increased. So I, I suppose both combined. We probably have seen a softening in property prices, in actual fact, yeah, uh, on I've the heard ground that from a few people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so statistics, I, I guess, are one thing. Mm. My job on the ground is, is selling houses, in our experience, certainly over the last year to eighteen months, is we've noticed prices coming back gradually. Uh, is that being more realistic then? Do you think that what uh, price is coming down? To, yes, uh, it is. Yeah, it? it is. I mean, I guess there's there's a number of factors. Look, I think we all feel good when we own a house and we feel that the value of our property is increasing and I think we mm. take a bit of comfort in that um, and having come from some such a low base uh, where many people have been in negative equity uh, I guess there's maybe a, an understandable um, hope that your property would be worth a little bit more than it actually is so there's th- th- there is an element of unrealistic sometimes unrealistic expectations amongst uh, people looking to sell their houses but the market is very honest as, as we mm. say if you place a property on the market uh, and and it remains on the market unfortunately you will have yeah. to adjust your price yeah in, for in too long oh, yeah. 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 yeah yeah and we do see that I suppose some people have spoken about like if you don't like price the property correctly, you may not get that early, oh, you know, no. viewings in. And Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So the market has become critically price sensitive, um, and it's it's quite simple, really. In in some sense, if a property comes to the market and it is, it is priced beyond where the market is at, those properties tend to sit on on, on the market. Yeah. Um, uh, just in relation to that, what's turnover like at the moment? Are our houses sitting on the market at the moment? Generally, the tendency are, are they sitting on the market? Or are they selling quickly? So, two thousand and eighteen was was a year where we noticed properties sitting on the market for a, a longer period of time than than average. Mm. Um, but they would have been a higher price, maybe. Sorry. To yeah. No. You. Quite right. Yeah. Maybe like you know. I mean. So the ones under five hundred thousand, I think you know. And I know Dublin price is obviously higher than, say, out uh, rural areas and stuff. But it, obviously, price dictates that as well, how quickly it's going to sell. It does. It does. Yeah. I mean, in fact, there's, there's a two-tier market in Dublin, mm-hmm. I guess, there's the first-time right. buyer's market in Dublin, which is, is a very rapidly moving market. Yeah. That market has a very strong momentum to it with huge demand and, and maybe limited supply. Mm-hmm. So that market is continuing to perform quite well. But as you move up uh, to the middle and the upper end of the market, affordability is, is really stretched. And as prices were remaining at strong levels last year, houses were slower to sell. But what we found was by the end of last year and into the beginning of this year, uh, vendors were beginning to become aware of what was happening in the market. There was more Mm -hmm. reports in the media about what was happening. And so there's a greater understanding. And as a result, prices have adjusted and Mm -hmm. therefore houses are are transacting. Yeah, I think consumers are definitely um, better. They're better knowledgeable. They're more knowledgeable now because uh, we have the price register as you know and everything like that and I think that definitely it definitely it allows people oh, to it learn does. better there's a huge amount know? of information yeah, there and the media like you only like every day we see news headlines mm. <laughs> and property yes, ones indeed. actually at some point you can't keep in, up in terms <laughs> of moving up say Pipes Athletic you're, you're in Dublin at the moment and you want to move up um, with all the economic uh, 
warning signs out there, shall we say, call them at the moment. Um, would you? What would you recommend doing? Is it, is it hold on to your property now, or do you sell now, or what do you sell before you buy? What What would your recommendations that sort of area it's, be? It's very difficult to recommend. In In fairness, I mean, I think you know the, the great unknown. Dare I say it? Is obviously uh, a hard Brexit, and and I think it's very mm. difficult to predict anything with regards to that. Uh, that will be a nervousness, I guess, that will be present amongst the the autumn market. Um, in terms of holding your property or, or selling your property, I mean, I think the fundamentals of the Irish economy appear, appear strong. The strong foreign d- direct investment, indigenous companies are performing well. You know, mm-hmm. wage inflation is at about 3%. So, you know, th- there's a strong underpin on the, the, the Irish economy. Um, I, I guess essentially what I would say to someone is, is now a good time to buy a property. It is if you can afford to buy the property, if that makes sense. If you can, it, you know, if you can calculate a risk and hedge what a downturn might look like and you can still afford to buy the property and it's the right time for you mm-hmm. for whatever reason, then now but, is a but good I time But I suppose my buy. question really is, I suppose, to you is, um, I, I, isn't there a danger that prices will slip even further? There, well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. So you're, there, just, there is. you're hedging your bets on it, I suppose, are you? You are hedging your bets, but I think it's very difficult to, pay, to, to pinpoint any time in a moving market, uh, such as the property market, as to when is the the, the absolute correct time to buy, if that, yeah, if that makes sense. I would agree. Uh, but, but, you know, prices rare, rarely over the years have remained static in, yeah. in residential property. So it's a, it's a difficult call. I mean, I guess we find in, in the residential industry, um, whether you're selling a house or buying a house, it's largely dictated by circumstances in your life. And, mm. you know, if you have a young family and you need somewhere larger to live, then waiting yeah. five years to see what Brexit is going to do isn't so going to... No, yeah, you know, so there's no point in sitting it out then, really. No, no, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and equally, people, you know, living in large houses where the house is too large for them, they're paying high property tax, you know, yeah. utility bills. Again, if now is the right time, then... Now is the right time. It's. I. I would have said it's actually a more stable market now, believe it or not, than it has been for some time, because we've seen this adjustment happen over over the last eighteen months, and there seems to be a stabilisation occurring currently in the market. Well, the old chestnut. Then, what do you, what should you look out for when you're when you're buying a property? <laughs> I think. I mean, it's interesting. I suppose now, in terms of supply in, in property, you have you have new homes. Uh, mm-hmm. which are very attractive in many respects, probably uh, principally due to their, their energy ratings. And I think this is going to be a very interesting area the going help forward. The help to buy, which may or may not be extended, as we the you help know, to buy. still not confirmed. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> it's the, uh, you know, it, it, it has been very efficient in helping. Yeah. I think it's only up to 500,000, though, isn't it? Is it is, yes, yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah. Uh, it's 5% mm. uh, of the value of the property yeah. or a cap of 20,000. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's an assistance. Yeah, it's uh, definitely helpful their, to first-time buyers. Oh no, that, it, it is looking absolutely. for a property at that price. It's definitely yeah. a good option. Yeah, definitely. and I think there's you know there's many buyers indeed hoping that it will be retained into mm. 2020. Yeah. Um, but new homes are certainly a good proposition for for people in terms of energy efficiency mm. houses. Mm. Um, older houses traditionally could be in more established parts of the city. Um, so, I mean, just in terms of your question, what what are the things that buyers should look out for? Um, energy rating, I think, is an important factor, and I think it will become increasingly more important as as we progress uh, with climate change, etc. And, and rightly so. In terms of secondhand stock, um, 
the cost of construction has increased quite considerably over the last number of years. So I think if you're if you're buying a second-hand house, it's always worth having a, a good detailed survey of the oh, yeah. property. Mm-hmm. If the property needs work, we would always recommend that a buyer has a builder in to look at the house actually before they make an offer in the house so that they're fully aware of the additional cost of, mm-hmm. of refurbishing a house. Yeah. Um, but, you know, pr- pr- principally, I suppose people will decide on an area of choice. They'll obviously have a budget uh, which will restrain them and, and, and lifestyle. Yeah. And then it's down to personal choice yeah. in terms of what type of property suits you. Yeah. And what what would you say to the um, for a person out there that's on an average salary and looking for a property in Dublin? North or south? I mean, wh- wh- where are the areas to look at at the moment, would you would you say, would you think? I mean, I think... I think there, there is obviously a broad uh, variety of areas that you you can look in. I mean, uh, invariably, it often means moving further out of the city centre, yeah. um, which can add to commute times, which, which which is difficult. There is certainly an increase in new homes being built on the periphery of Dublin, uh, which are quite often attractive to uh, first-time buyers. If you if you go down towards Kildare, uh, where the N7 has just been upgraded, I guess transport infrastructure links are improving. But equally, you know, there are there are parts of Dublin uh, that are very sought after and equally accessible to Dublin as you move west over towards Rialto, D- Dublin 8, Dublin 12. These are all areas that would be, you know, long established Dublin residential locations where I guess there is a turnover of houses now. They tend to be smaller houses, but we've seen people buy them and, and do absolutely fantastic jobs with them. Um, and I guess maybe the compromise is you have a smaller house and a smaller garden than you would if you went further out of the city, but you have a shorter commute time. So it depends what your priority just, just is. Just one final question I want to put to you. It's <laughs> sure. got nothing to do with property whatsoever. What are your own thoughts? or Do you have any thoughts at all on the new governance coming into the Central Bank of Ireland in relation to what you know about and what you've heard about them? Or anything at all on that one? I mean, I guess all I would say is obviously I'm aware of all the... Um, the, the, the conversations in relation to him, I, I would say that all I would hope is that they would he would maintain the consistent approach towards the property market that the previous governor, Philip Lane, has. Um, I, I think it's very interesting not to change tack on your question, but there was there was a review of the central bank regulations uh, last year in 2018. And I think there was a lot of pressure being put on the central bank to change them. And the, the bank took quite a uh, sensible reasoned approach so uh, yeah. as to the person I, I, I can't <laughs> p- probably comment do you think it's difficulty adjusting to the Irish market from the New Zealand market really I suppose that's what I'm or do you think that he'd be well advised by, by his uh, I have no doubt he'll, he'll be well advised um, about the Dublin residential market I mean the Dublin residential market is nearly worldwide known at this stage yeah. I saw a feature I in so. the New York Times about it yesterday yes that's true okay Dave very good talking to you and uh, that was David Byrne founder uh, of uh, um, Property Bridges uh, no uh, I'm sorry Lisney got... Estate Agents yes sorry but, uh, um, so stay tuned uh, for Fiacra and uh, Morrison is coming up next he's a strategic hyperlothus um, and counsellor and mind coach and founder of the Dublin Hypnosis and Therapy Centre Everything's fine on 93.9 Dublin South FM. Will you look at them go? I wish I had their energy. Ah, they're good for the soul, though, aren't they? I can't imagine life without Lucky, (laughs) but he might outlive me yet. Oh, well, take my advice and sign up for a Dog's Trust Canine Care card. It's completely free, and it's given me such peace of mind since I did. What's that? 
Well, it's simple, really. It means if you pass away before Lucky, Dog's Trust will take him in and give him the care and love he needs until they match him with the perfect forever home. That sounds terrific. How much did you say it costs? It doesn't cost a cent. Great. How do I sign up? Just text CARE to 50100 and they'll call you with more information. Or you can go to dogstrust.ie. Well, that's wonderful advice. I'll do that right away. Here, Lucky. Good boy. Whatever loan you're looking for, wedding loans, holiday loans, car or home improvement loans, make sure you talk to your local Capital Credit Union, where there are no hidden charges or early repayment penalties on your loan. Loans subject to approval, terms and conditions apply. Capital Credit Union Limited, regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Senior Line is a confidential telephone service for older people. Free phone 1-800-80-45-91. We're open every day of the year from 10am till 10pm, including Christmas Day and New Year. So it's free phone 1-800-80-45-91. We're there if you need someone to talk to and need someone to listen. We're older people too, so we will understand, and we're very good at listening. Did you get the Senior Line number? It's free phone 1-800-80-45-91. Your community radio for South Dublin. This is Dublin South FM. And welcome back to Public Matters here in Dublin South FM with myself, Brian Fox, and Anna May Hayes. So back in the studio now, uh, you can contact us on, tw- on Twitter at iPropertyRadio or email hello at iPropertyRadio.com. As mentioned before the break, we have Fiacra Morrison. Fiacra is a strategic hypnotherapist. That's right. I got it this time. <laughs> Counselor and mind coach and founder of the Dublin Hypnosis and Therapy Centre. So we're, it's good to see you back again. Fiacra. It's great to be back. Thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, it's involved with um, newspaper uh, media uh, coverage of, of, of um, the state trying to see what they can do about getting people back into the workforce at the age of 50. How do you, dealing with stress at, at that age when you're being forced to uh, a career change can be difficult? Yes, um, I think any um, any career change at any stage, um, but particularly at the over 50s, um, and I'm on that side of the of the bar, so it is a little more personal for me. Um, but the, there is there's a huge amount of stress because stress generally is is uh, generated when you feel like well, when you don't have the control that you want, where you're kind of like uh, we don't have a balance that um, where you can actually make decisions for yourself. Um, so when when there is any kind of a career change, in in a, in in effect, like you're being put into a situation where you're not comfortable with, where you're not put, where, where you're not in control, and because of that, does does a huge amount of uh, emotional stress going on, um, apart from the physical stress of it all, and it's uh, it's it's in in that respect that hypnotherapy can can be a huge benefit um, to people who are going through that. Right. Yeah. So. Um how, how does it work for them then? How, how can how can it work for them? Well, when when people are going through through that kind of of stress, it's it's like when when somebody wants to you know to to, to get fit um, physically, um, they have to go to a gym and you no, know, they can do their their walking and their exercises as 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 normal. But if they want to kind of actually get uh, to a level of fitness where where they they want to be healthy, um, then they really need to go to a gym. Go to the experts. Um, who can help them and uh, guide them in that. And where hip, where that's emotional stress is that with hypnotherapy, um, like we, we are, we do have an expertise in allowing them or, or helping them and teaching them to to build up a, 
not just a resistance, but an acceptance of, of where they're at first, mm-hmm. um, but to be able to manage that stress mm-hmm. so that they they can move in a direction then that um, that that will become more natural for them. Mm-hmm. Um, where they're not fighting, where they're not in conflict with it. Mm-hmm. Now there is always going to be, um, especially when they've, uh, when one part of their life has been stopped, and now they have to take up again and maybe reskill, re-educate, or whatever it, they have to do. So in that, and they're going into new, uncomfortable, maybe sometimes or unfamiliar territories. Um, so giving them the resources giving them the, the ability to be able to, to manage all of that so that they can uh, get through it as, with as little stress or with as little of that conflict as, as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, well, I know in the property industry and construction industry, obviously a lot of people, they have a lot of stress in their lives, mm-hmm. as, we, as we know. And I've, I've heard a lot of people that are in construction, they kind of move forward into a new career because obviously they might have got injuries or there might have been something going on in their work, in work like in construction, say if it's tiling, plastering and other kind of areas. Mm-hmm. So when they are, I suppose, how, how does that affect you when you're kind of in that kind of, you have to change careers? being forced into doing something completely different well like what is your kind of take on how do you start with that how to start is is really just to work out yourself um what well first off what what you can do um and what direction that you can go in because it's when when you when you have a change like that whether it's because of injury or some other um reason um you've got to sit down take 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 a breath and reassess like where, where you are um, so that you can start making the, those decisions um, in, in a much better, much more focused and a, a much more effective way. Yeah, yeah. No, because um, I know from talking to a few people, they find themselves in this kind of like conundrum of not mm-hmm. knowing where they're going. Or in some cases, some people do just want to change career, as we know, like, you know, they might just want to get away from something they've been doing for years. And I suppose it is a huge stress and it's just helping them kind of get the the strategies in place to be able to manage it, I suppose, yeah. and go forward. And and in and part of what we do um, in our clinic is in in just bringing them back down from that that the high emotional you know stress um, to where they're actually able to start to work out themselves. Mm. Now they already know themselves what their what their, their skills are, what they're capable of, or even what they want to do, mm. because it may be something that they um, that. that they're going to take a, have a total change in, in direction. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, um, they, they also have kind of all the, the other things that they would naturally have to take into account um, about family life and their own you know, personal stuff. Um, but what we're, what we're there for is to help them to, to, to be at that lower emotional level so that they're, they're, they're able to think more clearly. They're able to focus because in our mind coaching um, that we do also, we're actually doing that. We're, we're bringing them from where they're at now to where they want to go and then filling in the, the gaps in between mm-hmm. because they have, they're the ones who have that, um, who know where, where they want to go. So we just facilitate them in bringing, bringing those into reality. Yeah, yeah, no, it's very good. And um, I think I think it's really hard when you do change career. I think like we've all probably been at that stage at some times. And um, I think in property and construction and everything, it's all it's always 
even more difficult, I suppose, because it's a difficult sector. It is mentally straining at times. Like we know that it's obviously planning construction. It's, it is a hard old job. Um, I suppose what I'm saying is, um, how what's the first appointment like when someone comes to you and that first point of call? Like, I suppose, how easy is it for them? I suppose, <laughs> I suppose what I'm saying is it's very hard for people to reach out, I think. Mm-hmm. It, I think that's one of the biggest things. And how do you feel? Do you... Over the last couple of years, are you seeing a difference in people coming to you needing help, like compared to maybe ten years ago? Is are people becoming more aware of these kind of issues, and are they more open to reaching out? Well, I think um, there, there is certainly a, ch- a change in, in that um, in the type of people coming. Um, but what, I, what we do find quite a lot is that they, as you said, like I mean, they do find it hard to reach out, mm. but they go through um, so many other avenues. Um, to to resolve or to help themselves, um, and some a lot of the time they come to us as a last resort mm. because they've tried everything else, they've gone down the other avenues and haven't found any resolution. So when they come to us, um, they're at that stage where they're almost at the the hopelessness stage and just say, "Well, look, maybe this will work." Mm-hmm. And it's that that first session then is 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 basically bringing them from that that high level of emotion down to. What, what's more manageable for them, mm. okay? And we we pride ourselves on actually doing it in a very gentle but a very effective way because it's not... We have to keep in mind that that it's, 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 it's our client who is the most important, okay? We may be able to see where they can go, but it has to come from, from them. Mm-hmm. We can't be putting our, our agenda on... Um, onto them. They have to have their own view I suppose exactly, and an idea yeah. of where they want to go and how to go forward and everything. That's if they've it. taken and, and a hit they're probably low in confidence as well so it's rebuilding on that as yeah. well. But yeah. like bringing, bringing that anxiety or that, that frustration that stress levels down to, to where it is more manageable they then have the, the ability then to think in it more clearly um, in a clearer way mm. um, so that they can start making those decisions. And in that same session, then we we do actually build on their on, the, on their own self esteem, their self worth, um, because they have a huge amount of resource already. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, they've done so much; they've got to where they are, yeah. and it's easy to get battered and bruised right through. You know, especially when there's, um, you know, in the in the in this industry, yeah. that there's so much, yeah. and really people don't appreciate what what does go on in that in this sector. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. There's so many who are kind of, I suppose, the, the unnamed kind of casualties. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, in terms of the sector as well, I mean, you know, construction is, is very much a young man's business, really, you know, in terms of being on the site and so forth. How prepared do you think many people are, from your own point of view, of knowing that the game is up, really, and that, that your employment prospects are, are pretty limited once you hit 40 or 45 in the construction business? Well, I think um, from from my own experience um, dealing with people, um, there's very little preparation. But I think it's it's I suppose because we're when you've been working in a particular industry for for such a long time, and it's it's a passion, and it's something that you like and you love, and it has you're, you're skilled at it, and and, and has provided you with, it, with 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 the lifestyle or the, even to to pay your mortgage. Mm. Um, but with that, it, it's very hard for, for anyone to, to turn around at any stage to say, OK, well, now it's time. Mm. Um, it's, it's really like kind of cutting off your, your arm, mm. you know, because it's so, you're so familiar with it. It's such a being part of your life. Mm. And none of us want to, at any stage, to, to, to make a decision and say, OK, now I'm past it. Because that in itself is a huge hit to your own self 
self-worth and your mm-hmm. own self-esteem. And and that's why we, we, we focus on that to build that back up again, because when you have when you have that stress level low and you have a, a much healthier self-esteem, mm-hmm. then you can actually now have a, a good combination to, yeah. to, 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 to have that clarity, to have that focus and yeah. to make those decisions. And I guess those people are very used to being extremely busy because, as we know, <coughs> planning, property, construction, all these sectors, they're very busy sectors. Like you have people that are probably mm-hmm. up early in the morning. So to change that whole that's a really big thing to kind of get over from the sudden of like getting up at 6am out the door and it's consistent yeah. like five day a week. Maybe people are working six, especially self-employed people, they probably don't even take any kind of mm-hmm. off time. So I suppose it is a huge, mm. it's a huge conundrum to kind of get over and probably not the easiest thing. And like you said, if they're not preparing, I think the reason why they don't prepare for it is probably because people are so busy. You don't really think all mm-hmm. the time of what's ahead. And I think we're all very much probably guilty of that, even though we like to think we're prepared. Sometimes we're actually not yeah. <laughs> overly. <laughs> and when you've been there for so long, like you are, you are, you do have a sense of control. Mm. You have a sense of, you know, kind of, a, of of ownership of what you're doing. And, you know, that's when when it is coming to that stage and yeah, you're, you're dead right. You're so busy. Mm-hmm. You don't actually get a chance to Think contemplate, yeah. you know, what's I, next. I mean, would you feel, I mean, if, when you're in these sessions with, with, with people like that, with, that are coming to the end of their uh, natural career span, would you recommend going to, back to college or going back to some, or, or is, if, would, that, would you see that as being your job to, do, to recommend? Or um, no, it, it's, clients? It, it's, it's actually, um, we're, we're not there as, as counsellors or counselors, career yeah. counsellors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it's important to, to understand that because the we, we don't, yeah. that's not our expertise. Yeah. Mm. Um, there, there, there's so many other um, you know, people out there who can give them the proper advice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where our expertise in actually kind of bringing them back to that level of, of, of balance of control so that they have that you know that they can make those um those decisions with decisions, greater yeah, clarity yeah. then and going away from the construction industry are you are you seeing many people and i'm saying people um coming to you uh, at that sort of middle age at 50 um looking for some sort of um guidance um, I don't mean um, um, <laughs> uh, vocational guy I mean uh, hypnotherapy that yeah hypnotherapy yeah. And, and hypnosis and therapy in general well a lot a lot of um, a lot of people anyway um, are going through you know when we get to my age um, where we, we, we go through this kind of like well we've kind of lived your life you've got so far and does I suppose a little bit of a complacency sets in that you're kind of you're you're not quite retiring but you're on You've got a good, you're on a good wicket. And with that, it's when the realisation happens that, well, actually, things are, are not quite as, both personally um, and relationship-wise and, you know, in their own socially, uh, that they they do find that realisation that it's not, you know, it's not as, as fluid as, the, as they want. Yeah. And it, particularly when it comes to relationships, whether it's just, just socially or mm-hmm. um, personal, um, it's... It does have a huge impact because it's it's I suppose it's it's the first indication for them that you know they really are are out of out of control you know not out of control but they're but they're not as in control as yeah. as they would have been. Of course, I suppose it's got to be borne in mind too that that career changes aren't the only uh, things that knock can knock a person back. It could be a, the end of a, a marriage or, or aren't they that as well? Yeah, absolutely. Know. Yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 in that, like it's. Any any sort of change or bankruptcy or whatever. Yeah, any any change in life. It's it's like people do go through a a grief process. Mm. 
you know, that there there is a loss for them. Mm. And many people don't realize that that's actually what they're going through, that in that grief process, they have to f- go through those stages mm. without re- even realizing what, what they are. Um, now, uh, that so, could be very painful, I'm sure. As absolutely. Well. But it's very confusing. Mm. It's very confusing both for them and for, you know, the, the, the people around them. Uh, mm. particularly their families because they don't know what's going on the families don't know what's going on and it causes such a an amount of, of, of stress of anxiety of frustration and conflict both within themselves and in the relationship so so we, like yeah for bankruptcies um, loss of, of it goes right across the spectrum yeah, yeah. yeah. anything so. that's, that causes uh, anguish to, to yeah, us yeah. and all these like, things I mean, are life changing absolutely like, like, so it's, um, any life changing events will definitely cause people to and hypnosis yeah. can be very helpful for that type hypnosis of situation hypnosis is, is excellent because because in hypnosis we're dealing at the emotional level Okay, like where, where where you have the conscious mind, which is very logical, linear, and all of that, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't have the capacity to actually go into the to understand those emotional parts. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in hypnotherapy, because we can, we, because we work at that level, um, we're able to, um, in some cases, just to 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 neutralize some of that high anxiety, that that those high emotions. Um, other times, we can just tran- um, transform it so that instead of holding people back that it can actually start to help them to drive forward mm, yeah. and and with because it's it's a very simple process it's not obviously like what what the what you see on the television shows and that but it's it's a very personal very um it's very intimate for them because it's them it's mm. the client who's actually guiding the process mm. and if it just to, to, to before finish just um, can can a person feel very exhausted after a, a hypnosis session or, or what's the general feeling are there is there a feeling of being refreshed or, or? well there's because um you know obviously people will have their eyes closed um if if but if they if they don't want to have their eyes closed we can do it with eyes open there's no um, and and it has no negative impact but usually when they, after a session they're actually very um rejuvenated um because and a bit more energized because we're working at a different level. We're, we're, we're not working when they, when they have their eyes closed and we're w- doing the work in the session. We're not we're not doing that in physical, but at the deeper level, it's like having a deep nap. Mm. Okay, Sounds but nice. it's much more effective. <laughs> Obviously, okay. refreshing and very, very much so. So, so that when, re- when they are, yeah, invigorated, <laughs> yeah. Um, energized, and yeah. you know, we, 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 and because of what we've done, because they they will have. They've had a huge impact, even on that first session, yeah. um, that they will go out with that sense of hope, That's a little brilliant. more control and a little more balance. Okay, okay Fikra, can you tell us um, where can they find out more if they want to find you um, on the website? If anyone's listening in and they're saying, I could definitely do some hypnotherapy. Yeah, um, well, our, our website is hypnosisandtherapy.ie. Perfect. And um, we're in the, the city centre, we're in Fitzwilliam Street. Um, okay. And... For, for for the purpose of, of, of this show, if, if it's okay with you, yeah. um, for anybody who does want to, to, to come along, um, even to, just to ring us um, and make an inquiry just to see how, how we can help. Um, but for this week, um, we're, we're going to give a 20% discount for anyone who mentions oh, the show. Oh, very good. Okay, okay. brilliant. Thanks so we just want to put our, mouth, yeah. our money where our mouth is like, and make that I'm sure a lot of difference. people hopefully will take you up on that. It sounds well, very good and hopefully. Okay, thanks very much, Fikra. That you. was Fikra Morrison, clinical hypnotherapist and founder of the Dublin Hypnosis and Therapy Centre. Thank you for talking to us today, Fikra. Stay tuned after the break as we will be talking to Nick Poli, Managing Director of the 3D Design Bureau. Your community radio for South Dublin. This 
is Dublin South FM. Could you and your dog spend one hour per week bringing special moments to people in care centres? Or would you like one of our volunteer visiting teams to come and visit your care centre? At Irish Therapy Dogs, we have a dedicated interest in the use of pet therapy for people in long-term or daily residential care. A professional organisation aimed at providing a pet therapy service on a national basis. If you with your dog would like to get involved, or if you would like one of our visiting teams to visit your care centre, then please call us on 01544-6198 or visit irishtherapydogs.ie for more information. Do you need a professional looking website or graphics for your company? Does your current website work on all modern devices such as tablets and smartphones? If not, you are losing business. Preamp Digital Media provides a full range of solutions to give your company the edge in today's digital world. Please visit www.preampdigitalmedia.com for all the information you need. That's www.preampdigitalmedia.com I've always provided. That's what I do. Even when the job shut down, I somehow managed. But the pressure chips away at your confidence. I felt alone. I needed to talk things out. I learned Samaritans isn't just for when you hit rock bottom. I'm glad I called. It's always worth getting problems big and not so big off your chest. Call Samaritans. No pressure, no judgment. We're here for you. Anytime, talk to us. Free call 116123 or go to samaritans.ie. Broadcasting to South Dublin on 93.9. This is Dublin South FM. Come back to Property Matters here in Dublin South F with Emma Hayes and myself, Brian Fox. So as mentioned before the break, in the studio now with us is Nick Polly, uh, Managing Director of the 3D Design Bureau. So Nick, very welcome to the studio. Thank you. Um, I'm fascinated to find out all about 3D Design Bureau because my associations with 3D is, I suppose, what you hear about and, and see about and movies and all the rest of it. How does that apply now to um, the construction industry and, and business in general? Yeah, I suppose it's been around for 20, 30 years, you know, like obviously a lot of people would see CGI, computer generated imagery in in movies and, yeah. and shows and stuff like that, which is a lot of motion graphics. In terms of the property industry, it's all around digital construction. So my own background, I'm a um, building services engineer by profession and I fell into the world of digital 3D about 20 years ago, uh, 22 years ago. Um, and then set up the business in terms of uh, it was called Third Dimension back in 2000. And um, since then, we went through the boom. We've gone through mm-hmm. the busts and yes. we're now sort of reinventing. And how do people take to you? Because, I mean, there wasn't much talk of digital production at all back in well before 2000. I mean, must have been a baptism, a very tough baptism. Yeah, it was quite, It was kind of a new concept. When I say new concept, it wasn't mainstream, you know. Um, there was a lot of CGI imagery, so uh, computer-generated imagery yeah. we would have done. So we work with clients from early design phases of a project through to planning and through to marketing. And it's it, we're kind of, there's two elements to our, it's kind of like the brain. Our, our work is creative and technical. So we do some very technical imagery and we do the likes of daylight analysis and stuff like that for Saw that earlier. Property. Really interesting yeah, in that. yeah, so it's, it's that's interesting. really interesting. That's yeah. becoming very prevalent, uh, prevalent now with um, uh, planning and and you know, I suppose uh, better uh, living conditions with inside Definitely. proposed cool. developments mm-hmm. and the impact developments might have on the surrounding environment in terms of lighting. 
So that's a very technical aspect. Mm. But then we do lovely imagery and animation and virtual tours and virtual reality on the marketing side as well. But VR as well, virtual reality is coming into the planning side as well. Yeah, so it definitely is. Yeah, and AR as well and everything. So yeah, yeah. you're in a very, yeah, VR is definitely very big at the moment. Yeah, it's, it, VR is big. Well, VR it's getting more recognition. I, I, think, I, think, yeah. I, I think what happened was about two years ago, VR, there was a lot of noise around mm. VR. And there's still that hurdle about the hardware that you have to wear for VR. And that's changed. So I always kind of likened it to a 10-lane highway where all the manufacturers are on this race, but there was no finish line. And a lot of people passing each other out. Whereas now AR, augmented reality, is kind of more accessible and it's on the smartphones, on tablets. So it's more accessible for people and consumers to use as opposed to VR. But don't get me wrong, VR has got a place um, within our industry and within other industries as well, even like the likes of healthcare and stuff like that. But it still, I think, went through a lot of talk about two years ago and kind of has fallen off a bit and is starting to be talked about a bit more again, like, you know. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting area. So it's basically second nature then, I suppose, to state agents at this point. Is it using? Yeah, VR, I think so, yeah. So there's there's so much technology around what we do now. Like, I've seen our industry shift quite uh, significantly, even in the last three or four years. From the software we use to the skill sets to processes to the tech, the hardware, um, you know, all that's changed. It changes at a million miles an hour. And like, I suppose my role within my business is, I suppose, trying to see that stuff happening. Like, I'm very lucky. I've got a brilliant team around me and I spent... I took on a lot of advice through the years. You know, it's always surround yourself with the best people who know more than you, who can do the job it's better very than good you. <laughs> but it is, but it's, it's, it's. I suppose everyone knows it, but probably not everyone implements it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do. I, well, I do my best to do that, and we've got a great team. So I kind of look to what's happening. But we have to be constantly moving. Like this, I'll give you a perfect example. We came up with this idea about three years ago where we wanted to be able to do virtual tours of um, of as-built, so homes, right? And we spent six months developing this idea and my brother-in-law who works, who lives in France, sent me a link and he said, have you seen this? Because I was talking to him about it. And it's a, it was a link to a company who literally just like they were like the Rolls Royce of what we were trying to do and who had just got funding for a quarter of a billion and now have overtaken it's called Matterport and we do a lot of Matterport virtual tours where we go in and we scan show houses or we scan gyms or pubs or hotels and it gives you this virtual tour but that literally overnight blew that area of six months out the window and we just had to adopt and we go okay well we just you know, yeah. take it on the chin and move on. And that's one thing the recession really taught us is you need to be able to take hits and you need to be able mm-hmm. to... In our industry, because we're related to... We're directly linked to the AEC sector, which is architecture, engineering and construction. Because we're linked to that, it's cyclical, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't think that's ever going to change. Mm-hmm. It might sort of... It'd be great if the troughs were not so low. So how do you stay ahead then of, of, of innovation and all the rest of it? Um, I, I just... I, I consume a lot of... 
um, stuff online mainly. I, my my go to platform will be LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, so, I, but I tend to consume a lot, see what's happening, see what sort of noise is happening for the future, and see if it's related to what we can do, um, if we can implement it. Um, and we're still going on a journey at the moment. Like you know, our core business has come back, which is architectural visualization and animation. Um, but then we've the technical arm, so we do a lot of stuff for verified view montages for planning applications. So that's kind of technical and our daylight analysis under certain guidelines called the BRE guidelines. But now we're going on um, a journey of getting uh, BIM certified, level two BIM certified. Um, So that's going to be a journey over the next nine months. And what will that entail? uh, Uh, Well, it's the whole new way of um, the industry moving in terms of um, design and build through building information modeling. modeling, Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's it's gone. It's kind of like it's the shift. Yeah, it's the shift from say when architects and designers used to use um, used to hand draw to when they shifted over mm. to CAD systems now the shift is going from CAD to 3D yeah. and what we did we noticed we would have seen this like even you know six ten years ago and we started shifting our processes in terms of the software we were always doing digital 3D modeling but we were doing it a different way and then we shifted to a, a software called Revit which would be one of the the, mm. the industry leaders in terms of BIM which is a process but we shifted our our way so now we're kind of very well positioned to offer services within the BIM industry because of the skill sets we've developed over that's the last brilliant. while. Like, you yeah, know, so that's really yeah, good. It's, yeah. it's a journey. Uh, speaking of journeys, do you have to journey to uh, keep up with do you, do, Are there any countries you visit to, uh, to see what they're doing? Or, or are there any specific countries that are more, are more advanced or more ahead uh, of think, others? Yeah, I, well, I think Ireland is, is, is catching up very, very quickly in terms of, say, BIM. You know, there are... Uh, uh, other countries are have been implementing it for a couple of decades, but I suppose that you know it's really starting to move now. You know, mm-hmm. there's I suppose a movement of sorts behind behind the industry, and there's much more of a take up, and it's kind of reaching that tipping point of where the more consultants and the more projects that it's used on, the more it's going to have to become sort of mandatory, and it is mandatory, say in in the UK, yeah. where on PPPs, it's yeah. it's mandatory now. Um, they can't make it mandatory on private uh, mm-hmm. projects because if they do, then they're going to put people out of business, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think people's mindset, it's like anything and, you know, it's that whole mindset and mind education shift and, and education stuff, yeah. and, and stuff like that. And evolving with it you know? and there is people that are yeah. still don't really want to evolve and then there's people like yourself that are going ahead of yourself to make sure you're safe. Uh, yeah, like I, I think everyone would love to evolve but like, you know, there's the day-to-day running mm-hmm. of your business, there's yeah. the day-to-day Cost running of life, yeah. you know. But there's also keeping ahead of, of trends as well and that must be difficult. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it, it's, it can be tiring, yeah, because you constantly have to be thinking what's the next that's, thing that's that we have point. to look out yeah, for, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're, yeah, we're constantly looking looking at, okay, what happens if this shift or say a policy at government level changes, you know, does that affect what we do? And some people think what we do is, oh, well, it's just CGI's. But because we have a technical side to what we do, it does, it affects us because we're brought in, we're a consultant, a CGI consultant, you know, and we sit beside other consultants on a design team mm-hmm. right from design through to planning. So if things technical. shift... Yeah we've got to stay ahead of it and also innovation and also being able to identify is it a good innovation like so for example 3d printing was like three Mm. four years ago there was just so much noise about 3d printing 
we looked at it for ourselves and, and we did test and we spent a few months looking into it and then we just made a decision commercially for us it just wasn't it viable work, yeah. Yeah, yeah it just wasn't viable and like. you see that in other, in other countries where they have some part of, of, of 3D which you don't think would apply to Ireland would, would that be a case in point or? Uh, no I don't think so I, no. I think across the board like um the benefits of 3D are huge in the property sector. Like, it's just huge. Everything from being able to convey your plans and elevations mm-hmm. in a very succinct way. So, like, planning authorities now, like Dublin City Council, first mm-hmm. thing they'll ask for when you go into a meeting with, with DCC or any of the planning um, the planning yeah. authorities is going to be, show me the imagery, show me the verified view, show me the CGI, show me how that's going to look, show me the results of the impact of daylight analysis. Or, you know, they want to see it visually because people are consuming, yeah. I think, consu- people's, you know, attention spans in a, f- in a way have become much shorter, yeah. but also everyone's so busy. So this 3D is a, a fantastic and beneficial way to get the, the message across yeah. or to get the information across in a very short period of time. Like, you know. It's that visual instead of the sketches. The mm. old and style sketches. clients of, of the estate agents too, how, how, are, how are they tuned into innovations such as we're talking about? Going into an estate and what looking to see at, at, at in terms of consumers going yeah, into exactly, estate, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think they are. I think I, I, well, like say for example, people going in to buy a house. You know, I think they're more tech savvy now. You know, and and they expect more. They expect to be given more information about their homes. They expect to be able to view their homes online. So whether that is a a virtual Virtu- tour, yeah, a virtual now tour, yeah. that stuff like the virtual tour, like we do that, that's just bread and butter for mm. us. But what it does is it might not make a sale right for an estate agent but it brings that person a step closer to a sale it's mm-hmm. like it's like I suppose anything in marketing if 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 you can look at a car online and spin around it and stuff and mm-hmm. get a very informed decision before going to the dealer to talk about it and, and grilling them and you know yeah. what I mean yeah that sort of stuff you know so it's about I suppose informing oneself about but like you said consumers are changing and they're definitely going towards the whole visual everybody just wants the content straight away and they want to be able to look at it and they want to be able to view it easily and quickly yeah. and that's yeah. key I think people are not going to go through pages of paper and try and look yeah. at stuff you know and yeah. I think that's definitely a changing yeah I think visu- like we're visual creatures aren't yeah. we? you know what I mean mm. so it's you know if you can see that on paper, like if you can, if you can demonstrate at a planning application stage, um, through verified views, you know, look, this is how it's going to look from these vantage points, mm. you know, and then an informed decision can be given on planning on that, and likewise for marketing. Like if you've got, if you've got a, like we always try and make sure the information, the, the the stuff we produce a lot, um, I suppose, is down to, um the information that we're given and the design that it is, you mm. know. So there's some amazing projects we work on and, and we produce amazing imagery and animation and stuff like that of, a, say, a new office development and stuff. But it's a team effort because without the architect, without the designer, without the fit-out specialist, then we're we're sort of... You're blind. Yeah, a yeah. little bit, you know. And we're not, I, I suppose... Our company now has got like <clears throat> architects, engineers, um, CGI specialists, um, and we've got a very good support team underneath us as well. Like, and we've grown hugely since two thousand and fourteen. That's brilliant. Um, which is great. Like, um, but at the same time, we're part of a wider team when it comes to a mm. project. You yeah. know. But it, it seems to me, sort of, the business model 
seems to me anyway that uh, you could apply, it seems very versatile, you could apply your technology to other projects outside of construction. Yeah, 100%. And we we work on projects um, like we do product animation and product um, rendering and, and visuals. And what's really interesting about that area of the business as well is like we had a project there not so long ago where a guy had an amazing invention for digital guitar and he came in with a prototype like um, with a guitar with a phone on the top of it and he needed to try and convey through animation how this was going to work. So we, I suppose, made it sexy. We put a bit, but we had to we had to actually sit with him for a day and understand. He had to give us a crash course in music, yeah. how it works, so that we could then um, animate the the guitar and how how it worked and give the story and put a storyboard together. And from that, using that, then he can go and try and get funding to build a proper prototype, you know. So uh, there was another one of a, a multi-camera um, device that worked in, in extreme temperatures. And through animation and visuals, they managed, as far as I know, um, they managed to sell that company wow. based... Now, our, our work just was one of the, you know, uh, components to selling it, obviously. But it conveyed the message straight away to mm. an investor. Visual storytelling, yeah, again, 100%. Comes back to, So, yeah, yeah it... Transfer, you know, transfers across industries, one hundred percent. Transfers across a, a, a lot, a huge amount of industries. Like, you know? And is it is it expensive? Is it time consuming? Storyboarding and 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 putting CGI together like that. Yeah, like from from, <laughs> it's it's funny you ask that because we're only just, I suppose. Um, I won't say it on radio, but um, having a chat about clients there recently about some clients, and how there's an expectation of that, you know. We might sit in hammocks and just press two keys on a keyboard, and <laughs> and away we go, and that's it. Yeah. It's not. There is. There's. There's. There's a huge amount of skill involved. From like, so we would have uh, a modeling team, a visualization team, a post production team, and it goes through the processes. You know what I mean? And it goes through each team. And um, so yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of skill involved. A lot of creativity. Time. Yeah, there is. Yeah, especially when it gets you know from marketing side, yes. But there's a lot of technical stuff. So from from a planning side, our imageries have to stand up, um, and be able to stand up nearly you know in an oral hearing, for example, mm-hmm. for a planning application. If someone disputes them to say, well, no, they're fully accurate because we actually get survey information and we make sure that the position of the cameras are right in the software and all that sort of stuff. So it's quite technical, and we have to be able to stand over that as a company to say, no, they're they're uh, verified they are accurate you know and the marketing side of stuff yeah there's creativity involved but it's a mix and that's why one of the there's a big graphic up in our meeting room and it is the brain and it's the creative side yeah. and the technical side. So many side, steps. You know? It's not but as simple as a, pressing button. No, it's definitely no. not as simple as that. And we, <laughs> yeah. we made a conscious decision, uh, you know, that we wanted to be creative and technical. Yeah. You know, to future-proof the company, you know. So. You must be looking forward then to the, the rapid development of AI. Yeah. Um, uh, do I think, like, there, there is some areas of our business that are looking at, you know, automation of of modeling do i think it'll come in no i think we're still going to need skilled personnel qualified personnel Definitely. architects architectural technologists cgi specialists you know so they're, not all, they're not all redundant 
Definitely not. I would. Oh, that's yeah, good to hear. Uh, anyway. Definitely not. No. Yeah, that's definitely good to hear. And I'm sure that a lot of people out there would be glad to hear that as well. Nick, we leave it for there for, for now. That thank was Nick Polly, Managing Director of 3D Design Bureau. And I say thank you for joining us. So that's us, uh, that's it from us today in the studio. Thank you for joining us on Property Matters, the show where property matters. Get in touch with the show by emailing iPropertyRadio at uh, iPropertyRadio.com or Twitter at iPropertyRadio. We would like to thank all of our guests for joining us here today. Also, thanks to Shane Flynn, who was on sound, and our producer, Katie Talon. We are back at the same time next week. Stay tuned for Bowl of Soul, which is coming up next. From Bime Fox and myself, Emma Hayes, have a great week.